Three, two, one. Welcome to the David the Dog Trainer podcast, episode one seventeen, and we are back after another little week and a half break. I've been out of town. Josh has been out of town. Yeah, and uh, we're back here to catch up on some more topics for you guys. I've, you know, what's interesting is we're starting to get people asking me. Where's the podcast? No, I saw that. Did you see that? Yeah. Right. I had a couple people reach out to me on Instagram as well, being like, "Where's the podcast? Yeah. Guys, Did we miss it? We're we're getting there. Don't worry. We're getting there. <laughs> so I promise this won't be a regular thing of skipping weeks. Yeah. Um, but we're back. Busy boys. So, um, we got a lot of not a lot of things to talk about, but some longer things to talk about today. Obviously, so we got a uh, a fan question that's been hanging around for the last couple of weeks now that I yeah. want to make sure that we get back to. <clears throat> and then we have a video I want to watch here um, that talks about some recent news. So, like, two weeks ago, the UK announced that they are officially banning e-collars, right? Oh. And obviously, that would have been a topic to talk about right away when it happened, but we were out of town, so we couldn't do that. Yeah. And um, our boy here made a made a video on it um, that I just think is... I, I was listening to it, and I was like, this is almost perfect, perfect yeah. so we're just going to kind of piggyback off of him and watch his and, and add in our commentary where we want to and okay. hopefully kind of share um, some of his message a little bit because his podcast has been great lately. So we'll yeah. get to that. We're going to start off by this question. Um, we got a question from Lisa here, and um, Josh, I'm going to have you read this question right <laughs> away. It's a nice long one. It is a I'll really long one. I'll let you do the talking, and uh, I'll go ahead and see if I can do my best to answer it. Okay. <clears throat> Hi, David and the Miracle Team. Question for the podcast if you have anything to say on it. I'm curious about affection and why it is so powerful. My current terrier slash chihuahua is a rescue history of abuse. He seemed to want affection on his terms and would back slash growl and nudge me to initiate, plus growl to end it. Due to aggression being shown, I've switched it around on him, so it's all on my terms now, and it's only once a day for a few minutes when he is in a calm mindset. This works for us, and we get on okay now. Things I've noticed, though. He cannot tolerate any affection for, from about 7 p.m. onwards. <clears throat> he seems to seek out affection, but at the same time, he can't handle it as his hackles go up. My boyfriend, who visits occasionally, has always given him way too much affection and baby talk, which used to end in aggression. Since having a chat, he has taken it down a notch, but now when my dog even hears his car, he goes into this insane frenzy of excitement, panting, barking, and trying to run out the door to get to him. My boyfriend doesn't give food or walk my dog, just fusses over him. To get to the question... How can affection alone have this extreme effect on a dog? What does affection even mean to a dog? Why is it such a valued resource and almost a drug to some dogs? Any thoughts, insights, or stories on the subject? Thank you, and love the podcast. <clears throat> All right. So let me move this over because I'm going to need to reference it. Yeah. Periodically, it's a long one, yeah. Obviously. Okay, good. so this is a very interesting question because... Obviously, there's multiple questions that we'll get to throughout it, but I don't think it's necessarily what they think, right? So the, the commonality of this is, is why is the, the affection, why does that have such an extreme effect on the dog? Yeah. And I think one important thing to realize is if I were to read between the lines of this, right, mm -hmm. it is not the affection that is having an extreme effect on the dog, yeah. right? 
what's happening and what's causing such a sh- extreme uh, uh, reaction out of the dog, if you will, is likely the lack of consequence for the miscellaneous things that the dog is doing when they get overstimulated by affection. Right. Mm -hmm. So no different than let's look at, you know, food is a great one also that we could look at and see a lot of commonalities. So right, you know, five minutes before I, I, um, five minutes before I started this podcast, I just fed my dogs, put them in their kennels so that we can come up here and start it. And, um, anybody that has a dog that's food driven, right, knows that when they go to feed their dog every day, the dog's excitement level goes to a borderline unmanageable place unless you've put in place proper structure mm-hmm. and proper accountability for what the expectation of them is in that moment, yep. right? Mm-hmm. So so anything that the dog wants, right, they are going to try to get, and they're going, they're going to try to get that thing very, very, very intensely unless we teach them otherwise, right? Mm-hmm. That's normal. It's not an affection problem, right? Mm-hmm. So... <clears throat> Um, so, so it's really the, the lack of accountability that it sounds like is what's ultimately confusing the dog. Now, affection is a a goofy one because affection is coming directly from us, right? It's Mm. not like food where it's its own independent thing. The resource is us and how we're interacting with the dog in that moment. Mm. Now, um, Getting to the next question here. Why does affection, what does affection even mean to a dog, right? Well, to every dog, it's a little bit different, right? Some dogs just really like being pet. And it's not any more, you know, extraordinary than just they like being pet. Mm -hmm. Other dogs, it's deeper than that. It has nothing to do with the petting. What affection symbolizes is safety to the dog, right? Mm. So let's look at this dog. You mentioned, you know, your boyfriend visits occasionally, obviously. He just kind of smothers the dog with affection, smothers the dog with baby talk. Based on everything you said at the beginning of the aggression issues you've had with the dog, the dog probably is very insecure, probably not super genetically sound, things like that. This dog is going to seek out what they determine is the safest thing for them when they start feeling uncomfortable. And safety is a resource that also we could sit down and talk about from the standpoint of that is like a drug to people also. Why would people cling to things that make them feel safe, right? Why would dogs cling to something that makes them feel safe? Well, because if they're scared of everything else Mm -hmm. and this thing provides a sense of safety, that ultimately is going to have a very, very strong impact on them, obviously, Mm -hmm. right? Um. Almost like a drug to some dogs. It says, why is it such a valued resource and almost a drug to some dogs? Obviously, same exact concept, right? If it's more than just being pet and it really is this sense of safety, um, obviously, if you have a fearful, insecure dog that doesn't feel they're getting adequate direction, they are going to cling to the thing that makes them feel the safest, Mm -hmm. right? So I don't think this is any deeper than that, right? Now... A lot of this from the standpoint of I'm trying to figure out how to word all this because it's, it's like it's kind of it's 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 another one of those ones that I feel like is simple but mm-hmm. like very nuanced and complex at the same time, yeah. right? Dogs like affection, right? Dogs like being pet. Dogs like getting treats. Dogs like getting food, 
right? Yep. And if we leave them to their own devices around their re those resources, they are going to get those things as much as they want whenever they want it, mm -hmm. right? So that's why, you know, um, it, it, and they don't have this ability to like self-regulate on those types of things. Where like myself, like I really like food, but I understand you know, the implications of eating too much food or any of those types of things. So I could like, I could cognitively look at that thing and mm -hmm. assess how much of it should I actually have, right? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, dogs don't really have the ability to do that, obviously. Mm -hmm. So so it's our job to help navigate those resources and teach the dog to regulate in the presence of them, right? So like I used the feeding example, when I fed my dogs, like if those dogs had no training with as much food drive as they have, it would be uncontrollable. I would be getting the food bowl out of the, the cabinet, right? And I would be opening the bin and they would be diving headfirst into the bin as I'm opening it, right? And they would be grabbing a hold of the, the food as I'm scooping it into the bowl and like all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But because we have proper training on them, I could create an alternative expectation that helps me control that thing, mm -hmm. right? Which is just waiting for it, right? I teach my dogs not to go for that food until I give them permission to go for it. And though that's not going to change their perception of the resource, of it being something that's highly, highly valuable to them, they will ultimately understand that because I'm in control of them in the presence of that resource, um, that um, they have to keep themselves under control and it won't hit a point of being super problematic, right? Yeah. Same deal would apply with, let's look at your boyfriend situation here, right? So... Boyfriend comes over, you said the dog goes absolutely insane, it's a frenzy of excitement, panting, barking, trying to run out the door to get to him, this, that, right? Um, and you said doesn't give him food or walk the dog, just fusses over them, right? That's a resource, that's the equivalent of your boyfriend is the food, right, that you are about to feed your dog, obviously. But the issue is not that your boyfriend resembles a really high value resource. I want my dog to like the boyfriend, right? I want my dog to like my wife, my friends, stuff like that. Yeah. But you don't have any control over the dog in the presence of that resource. That competing motivator of him is way too strong that you don't have the ability to focus the dog in in the presence of it. And some people will look at that from the standpoint, of, well, okay, it's my boyfriend's fault. He needs to stop fussing over the dog. He needs mm -hmm. to stop doing that. And though I'm a pretty firm believer that we want to manage arousal levels with things, and a part of that comes down to like, hey, can I control the other side a little bit? Regardless of what anybody else is doing, if I run into a situation where I have no control over my dog because my mm. dog is too excited about that thing over there, that's yeah. a problem. Oh, yeah. Right? And that's something that I would look at addressing, right? Um, you know, you kind of mentioned... So, so to that point, like when he comes over, like do we have the ability to make the dog hold a bed stay for 30 minutes while he comes over, right? Mm. Do we have a way to hold the dog firmly accountable for not doing that thing, right? Yeah. Which is where I got to like the initial question, how could affection alone have this extreme effect on the dog is because of the lack of consequence, right? Mm. The presence of something you really want to get to with no rules, no boundaries, no accountability creates yeah. chaos, right? If there weren't rules in the world that said I couldn't go and take whatever it was that I wanted, I would be going buying the big screen TV mm. and going and, and, and taking the, the, the PlayStation 5 and going to every store and buying whatever wardrobe I wanted. And I say buying, just taking, right? I would just yeah, be taking, taking all it. of those things mindlessly and it'd be like, oh, I want the car next and I want to go and get this next and I want to go and get that next. But 
because there's rules that state I can't do that and there's accountability for that, mm. I can manage myself in the presence of it. Yeah. Even though those are all things that I would love to have. Right, drive down mm. Lake Road. You see that five million dollar house? It's like I'm just gonna go take it. Right, I'm just gonna go get <laughs> it because there's in. no accountability for not doing it. Yeah, right. It would create a frenzy of just like the options are endless at all times. Mm. Right. So if that makes sense, right, the lack of accountability that is the problem. Right, the lack of rules in the presence of resources, the lack of getting the dog to be able to practice discipline in the presence of resources is what manages and balance all of these things out, right? Yeah. I've said it a million times on this podcast before. My dog, Vinny, my Malinois, is obsessed with my wife. Freakishly obsessed with my wife, right? That's just that's just it, mm-hmm. right? And and that obsession, if there was no degree of accountability, not even just on her end, right? Yeah, if she's home alone with him, obviously it's up to her to create that accountability. Mm-hmm. But when I'm home with him in the presence of her, it's my job to make sure he could control himself in the presence of that high value resource, mm-hmm. right? So you've got to look at things from that light, right? Um, the, the part about the affection leading to aggression, I would be very curious to know what that really looks like you know, said the hackles up, right? The, the the stuff like that. Like again, using stories and examples. Vinny, right, is is a quirky dog. He really likes being pet. But sometimes if I get him too frenzied and pet him and stuff like that, mm. he'll start turning into this like purr growl. And then like sometimes he'll just get so overstimulated, he just kind of like will snap a little bit, mm. right? It's like whatever. That's him. Like he's not doing anything necessarily wrong. Yeah. But it's like like that's where I know. Like all right, well I've taken the I've taken the arousal a little bit too high with him. Right. Mm. Deli, my other dog, was a great example. She loves attention, but she, when she would get herself too overstimulated, would do a very similar thing. Right. So I would pet her, and you knew this from when you first saw her, right? I would pet her, right? And she would get so tense because I liked it so much. Mm. And and she's just trying to contain herself. And then when she hit a point where she couldn't contain it anymore, it was so funny. She would do this thing where it's like she would just. She would like scream and just jump, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just from bottling up and containing all of that mm-hmm. excitement, right? Yep. So I'm curious if this is a similar thing to that or not that you were seeing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you mentioned affection always being on the dog's terms can create problems sometimes. Like if the only time we're ever petting our dog is when the dog comes up to us and nudges us with their mm-hmm. nose, and then we give them a little scratch, they are very quickly learning that they are in charge of things. Right. Yep. So you've got to control the interactions a little bit. Obviously, uh, you got to put things a little bit more on your terms with that. But again, the accountability side of things is what's screwing things up in this situation. So I would be looking at right now. Get your training to a much higher level. So when your boyfriend comes over, you can control that dog ten x better. And then, as far as the aggression with petting and stuff, if you gave us more examples of that, I'd be able to look at that and help mm. you uh, understand how to work through it a little bit better. Yeah. So kind of long-winded response, obviously. <laughs> kind of went all over the place with it there. Yeah, uh, struggled with answering it a little bit at the beginning, just because it's a little nuanced. But th- that's really that's really the concept here. Is just you know, it's it's just a resource. It's like anything else. Affection isn't different than food or toys or any other high-value resource, aside from the fact that it literally comes directly from us. And because it comes directly from us, we have to be even more conscious of making sure that if it starts turning into a problem, we have adequate control over the dog so the dog doesn't just see us as a resource, right? Because yeah. that's the problem. You could mm-hmm. just become a resource to your dog, 
right? Yeah. Where with food, you can give your dog all the food in the world, but you're not really the resource still, right? You yeah. may be the, the, the vehicle for the resource, right? Yeah. But you're not the re- resource inherently. Mm-hmm. So it can make it harder to shift a relationship with the dog because mm-hmm. of that. Yeah, So for sure. No, I think ben, Bender basically does the similar thing when we're when we're gone for a week, you know, it just, this just happened to us because he's at our, at her grandparents while we were out of town. And then when we came back, it was like, you know, he, she gets down on like around him and then he'll, his hackles go up and he's like, you know, like, and her grandpa was like, well, that seems, that seems scary, but it's just him like getting so worked up. And and the thing about hackles is right. Like a lot of people just look at the hackles, like they're aggression, like past Mm -hmm. just this question. We talk about this so much. Hackles aren't aggression. They're just stimulation. Yeah. The dog is excited. They're amped up. Their nervous system is going like crazy, which is what causes that to happen. Right. And you know, they're not good or bad. They're just excitement. And every dog shows excitement differently. I talk a lot about, Learning your dog, right? And understanding who your dog is, what the things they do mean. Because, you know, there is something to be said about every dog is an individual and acts very differently sometimes, right? My dogs are all that way. Vera is just kind of calm, cool, collected. She doesn't really get overstimulated too much. She doesn't do a lot of really quirky things or anything like that. Um, you know, she's, she's kind of your, your typical dog that you could read pretty well and you could say, all right, well, a lot of those standard body language cues that people say of like tail wagging is happy, right? And, and the hackles are being concerned and, you know, tail talked is nervous or or any of those types of things kind of ring true with her, right? She fits that mold really well, right? But Vinny is the polar opposite of that, right? Vinny, his hackles go up just because he's freaking wound up sometimes and he's excited to do something. Uh, Vinny, when he growls in 99% of situations, it's because he's just excited and aroused and likes the thing that's happening in that moment. And he just, the energy comes out as that grumbly, growly, groany kind of noises, Mm -hmm. right? Vinny, tail wagging, generally speaking, means that he's very, very stimulated, but not necessarily happy. happy. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like it's just, it's just every dog is a little different with it, mm-hmm. you know? And you just got to get good at reading what your dog is and what all those signs mean for them. And the only way you do that is by seeing them in many different situations and being very honest with yourself about what you're seeing, right? So with the petting, when you pet this dog, right, and... He wants the affection on his terms, but will you know bark, growl, and nudge you to initiate it, plus growl at the end of it. And then you said, due to aggression being shown, but you said he'll bark and growl and nudge you to initiate it, plus growl at the to end it. Right? Mm. Is that growl at the end the same growl at the beginning? Yeah. You know what I mean? Is yeah. that just him saying he still likes it? I don't right. know. Yeah. But but don't get hung up on those types of things. Learn your individual dog. Mm-hmm. So that's how I would answer this question, and that's how I would look at this. You need much better control over your dog around resources, it sounds like, particularly affection. I wouldn't overthink the why is affection having such an extreme effect on your dog. Mm-hmm. Just look at the, the – it's creating a problem, so we need to solve that problem. And then I would really be honest with yourself about is that barking and growling really aggression? Mm. Or is it just your dog just being who they are? Yeah. So. it's a good one. Hope you liked it, Lisa. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to move on to the next thing here. 
Um, okay, so we mentioned e-collars are being banned in the UK. This is obviously a, a big problem, right? Now, in Europe, there's a lot of places that you have e-collars banned, so I don't think anybody is totally surprised when they announce this. I think as of this coming February, the ban is going to be effective. Um, and uh, Jeff Gelman from Solid Canine Training, who we had on the podcast, you can listen to the episode with him. Um, he does his Wake the Fuck Up with Jeff show, like, freaking this dude is podcasting literally every day i mean he does this podcast like four days a week it's ridiculous jesus but he did a really really great episode i was watching i really liked it and like i said we're just gonna kind of talk about everyone's it. excited over in the uk about their Absolutely. banning e-collars good oh, jesus morning Christ. good morning everybody. how are you uh, what is going on here hold on hold on hold good on. morning good morning everybody how are you jeff gelman of solid camp all right, we gotta, we gotta zoom forward a little bit. Jabs in about COVID and shit. So if you go to patreon.com slash solid canine training, it's $10 a month. You do 60. This will be my um, uh, this launch at $111. That was the least expensive we can go on that. Oh, no, oh, this no. is different. You're on the wrong hold on, window. hold on. Let's give me a second, guys. Jesus. Good Christ, morning. What, is, what in the flip is happening right now? <laughs> hold on, let me pause this. All right, we're back. I fixed it. All right. All right, here we go. Um, everyone's excited over in the UK about their banning e-collars. And I get it. I get it. There's a lot of countries that ban e-collars. I, I fully understand the passion behind it. I, I truly do. Um, it's all under the guise of the welfare of dogs to not harm dogs. The problem is they don't harm dogs. That's the problem, is that there's a lot of misinformation out there that's, that's that just is designed to um, give their outright blatant lies. And I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going to go through a couple of things. I'm just going to go through the the. It's from the Independent. Um, over in the UK, and they're pretty much all the same. Um, the Kennel Club has been trying to get this to pass for the last 10 years. It took them 10 years to do it. Congratulations, you finally accomplished what you wanted to do. Now, let's see if you can come up with an alternative to uh, keep dogs from being killed because you're going to see a lot of dogs killed. You're going to see a lot of dogs killed. I, I've been talking about this for years. So they've been working on it for 10 years. I've been talking about this for longer than 10 years. So um, uh, people in the U.S., I just want you to know, e-cowers will be banned in the United States at some point. I just want you to know that. All dog sports will be banned in the United States. I want you to know that. Dog sports in the U.K. will be banned uh, sooner than the U.S. I Trust me on this. Um, um, particularly when people say that, um, uh, uh, bite work banned, um, um, dogs, you know, any, all your dog sports banned, Mondio ring, IPO, all that stuff banned. It's all going to go away. It's all going to go away because nobody speaks up. You got 1% of the population screaming and everybody else afraid to speak up. So start speaking up. And, and again, we're gonna we're gonna pause this and start talking right mm-hmm. off the. Rip. He gets pretty passionate in this one. It's that this was a. I'll tell you, I, I listened to this yeah. one in uh, in the drive through at Chick Fil A <laughs> while I was getting my lunch. Dang, I was listening to it. Chick Fil A, mm-hmm. 
Got a, uh, a a a grilled chicken wrap there. Very delicious. Ooh. Very delicious. Anyways, and and I was kind of getting fired up listening to it. Because here's the thing. One big point he comes back to a lot in this is this idea that nobody's, nobody's saying anything. Right? It's true. Here are the people that I see on the internet talking right now. Force-free folks, right? Which entire pages with hundreds of thousands, sometimes millions of followers that aren't saying anything aside from this is why these things are bad. They're not saying how we could help. They're saying this is why these things are bad. This mm-hmm. was the whole debacle with Zach George when we saw all of that stuff, yep. right? Where doesn't show how to actually train the issues, right? Just says why, how we're training and actually solving the issues is bad, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And then the other people that are speaking up are these this group of balanced dog trainers that are doing everything in their power to try to uh, uh, consequently mislead the other side into why e-collars are this thing that they're not, which is, mm-hmm. we've talked about again, a positive tool and so nice and so friendly and this and that, right? And there's so few people that are talking about, hey, these results we're getting are because the dogs don't like the e-collar, right? And because we could use it in a strategic way in order to stop unwanted or dangerous behaviors. Yep. Right? And the largest group that is not speaking up right now that I think really needs to is dog owners. Yeah. Trainers can sit here and have this debate all day long, but there are hundreds of thousands of people out there that use e-collars that make their life infinitely better. Yeah. And they're not saying anything. Nope. Right? And in the UK we're starting to see groups of people. And, and this is the thing is I think as trainers, we need to start, I, I don't necessarily fault the owners for it because in a lot of cases, I don't necessarily know if they know that these tools are really on the brink of being completely banned. It's true. I don't know if they necessarily yeah. know, right? So, so I just encourage everybody, right? Owners, trainers, stuff like that who have had these good experiences to begin talking about all of the pluses that they've added to their life if we want any sort of fighting shot at this. It's interesting. I was in Connecticut when this ban happened, right? And we were having the night of the Kentucky Derby last Saturday, right? And we were having a little get-together, and one of uh, my wife's mom's neighbors was over who has a dog, right? Mm. And I met them a couple times before, and they e-collar trained their dog. They just did it on their own, right? And yeah. and they obviously know I'm a dog trainer. And they're asking me questions, and we're just chit-chatting and stuff mm. like that. And I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I was like, yeah, just uh, just today or yesterday. I was like, e-collars uh, just got banned in the UK, right? And they're like, what? what? Yeah. I was like, yeah. They're like, why would they ban this tool? I mean, this, is, this tool has literally saved our life and allowed us to do literally an infinite number of things with our dog that we didn't used to be able to do. I was like, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but regular people like that need to start sharing their experience with things. Yeah. No, so. you're right. But you you also make a good point that regular dog owners they, they're not they're not hip to what's going on. Yep. And I, I feel like how they attack this too, like <laughs> probably in the UK as well, I feel like it kind of flew under the radar for most people. Sure. You know, and it just got passed. Yeah. So let's keep watching. It's going to be banned. All these things are going to be banned. All the things you love. So you don't like e-collars, so you want to get them banned? Guess what? The tool of your choice, the breed of your choice, the activity of your choice is also going to be banned. Everything's going to be banned. Crates are going to be banned. Muzzles are going to be banned. 
Like everything's going to be banned. Like everything. Dog ownership is going to be banned at some point. So, what? No. Well, they've already done breed restrictions. They've already they've already passed laws that you can't own a certain breed. You can't live in a in a house with a certain breed. You can't rent an apartment with a certain breed. So they've already started banning dog ownership. In the UK, you can't own certain breeds. In Canada, you cannot own certain breeds. Which we just talked so about. The banning has already been going on for years. And everybody cheers and everybody celebrates. But so here's a little bit of information, and, I, and I'm going to answer your questions. Don't worry. So just 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 from the press release alone, it's like people have got to start realizing how people control their minds. Anyway, this is Jeff Gelman of Solid Canine Training. This is the Wake the Fuck Up with Jeff show, and I'm on every Monday through Friday um, with this podcast at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we stream live on Rumble, on YouTube, and on Facebook. And if you're not joining my Rumble channel, please join my rumble channel all right because pretty soon that's all i will probably be on is rumble um, i'm starting another podcast called um, common sense talks which is exclusively on rumble only separate from dog training dog training is not my life my life is just what i'm passionate about and all of you should have something you're passionate about so this is the this is how it's titled. This is the this is how everybody over there has 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 titled their article. England to ban cruel dog training device after a ten year campaign. So right off the bat, they're already trying to control the narrative. Mm -hmm. So I don't I would I would imagine they would say England to ban helpful dog training device. England to ban life saving dog training device that doesn't get eyeballs that doesn't get signatures that doesn't get signatures and they go into the guise of like it's cruel so even the way they were even the way they word things such as this it's the, well first of all they say it's a historic moment for animal welfare yes in the negative in the negative. And if you don't want to use e-cowers, don't use them. But if you don't know everything about them, do your research. Do your research. Literally, research. I just want everybody to think for a minute, because I, I truly have thought about this before, right? I want everybody to take a minute and think about if you've done e-collar training with your dog, mm -hmm. and if that tool has been massively beneficial for you. Think about what your life was like before it. Mm -hmm. Think about what your life is like with it. I've said this before. I live where there's a there's a golf course behind my house, mm -hmm. right? On off hours, um, during the winter, stuff like that, we'll go back there and we'll just run. Dogs off leash, hanging out. We're surrounded by busy roads. Right, busy roads are within eyesight. Like realistically, if the dogs wanted to, they could run towards those busy roads mm -hmm. and hypothetically get hit by a car. Right? Yeah, <clears throat> they could just be free. I don't have to micromanage them. They're they're never happier than in that moment. Mm -hmm. Right? And if e collars were banned here right now, right? 
I, even though my dogs are highly trained, even though my dogs will listen without any collar on, I would not feel comfortable or safe providing my dogs that joy that they love so much mm-hmm. right in my backyard because I wouldn't have the insurance of being able to guarantee that I could keep them safe from getting hit by a car or running and chasing a deer, which they don't chase deer. Yeah. They don't, but they're dogs. Mm-hmm. What if they decided to chase a deer? Yeah. What are you going to do about it? So I have to live life restricted to them. The force free trainers will say, well, you, you keep your dog in a long line then. Well, my dogs run 100 feet away from me. Do I need a 100-foot long line? <laughs> well, yeah. Okay, well, I have four dogs. So I need four 100-foot long lines? <laughs> what happens when they get tangled up and then they're running in opposite directions and that because they're running full speed because they're having the greatest time of their life, one of them gets tangled up and wrapped around their neck and boom, pulls really hard and a dog gets injured from it. I mean, I, I, this is the reality. You know what I mean? Like, yep. like you can't, like, like what I can do with my dogs, you can't safely, and when I say safely, I mean giving yourself, yes, e-collars are not 100%. Yes, people said, your batteries can fail. Right, mm-hmm. it could, it could, it could malfunction. This, that, whatever. Right, but with ninety nine point nine percent certainty, I could keep my dogs one hundred percent safe. Mm-hmm. With ninety nine point nine percent certainty, because of that tool, and I could give them the freedoms that you could only wish to have with your dogs, and a lot of our clients yep. as well. Yeah. So just, just, just think about that, right? Mm-hmm. And think about that in a lot of these places where they're banned, if they catch you using them. They could either take your dog from you or find you such unbelievable sums of money that you wouldn't be able to pay it. Just think, just think about that. Because the way that the media portrays them, and I really don't care if you use them or not, but if you're struggling with your dog and you can't find a solution, well, then you're not looking for all the different solutions. We have a, a solution 99.99% of the time to help with your dog. I mean, there are people out there that can't even walk their dogs, let alone deal with resource guarding, um, separation anxiety, uh, leash reactivity. So uh, they're calling it a historic moment in animal welfare. And again, in animal welfare. So they're aligning a tool with the welfare of dogs. If you are so concerned about the welfare of dogs, why is Perina and Hills in business? Why are these cancer-causing, highly preservative, highly chemicalized foods allowed to be sold? Why is Beneful allowed to be sold when we know there's cancer-causing ingredients in them? Why? If we are so concerned about, if we are so concerned about the welfare of animals, why? Why are we spay and neutering dogs at under three, four months of age? Why? If we are so concerned about the welfare of dogs, why? Why is it that that the breeding of dogs, I'm not talking about backyard breeding, okay? Because I have no, like, I'm not on any, like, I'm not against backyard breeders. I'm not against puppy mills, you know? You know, am I for, and do I encourage people to go to responsible breeders? Absolutely, Absolutely. Ethical breeders that do research and it's a passion. 
I am a huge advocate for that. But that doesn't mean I'm against someone breeding their dog. But are we going to make that illegal? Should that be illegal? Should that be illegal? We have dogs that sold in pet stores. That's been banned in a lot of places. Shock collars can deliver electric shocks to a dog's neck via a remote control for up to 11 up to 11 seconds at a time from up to 2 miles away meaning dogs who can't even see their owners can still be shocked. They say this in the negative. It, I mean, <laughs> the 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 what he's getting the point he's getting across you'll see as he continues going obviously is just the narrative that's being pushed, right? Mm-hmm. Dogs can get shocked for up to 11 seconds, two miles away, without you even being able to see your dog. Just implying what what human on the face of the planet is doing that to dogs, first off. Yeah. Unless it's in a situation where your dog has literally ran away from you, right? And they're out of sight. And that e-collar is the one thing that gets them to stop and come back to you. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay, here we go. Listen to how this is worded. Listen to how this is worded. The Kennel Club estimates that up to half a million dogs, that is 500,000 dogs, stand to benefit from this ban on shock cowers. That means there's half a million people that are using them right now. Mm-hmm. Do you think those people would be using them if they weren't helping them? Right. So you're saying half a million dogs will benefit and half a million owners will live a shittier life with their dogs. Yep. Oh. So all these people that are using remote collars that have helped them with their dogs. So I decided to use a remote collar to help my life be better with my dog. But now it's illegal. Thank you so much for making my life better. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I am so relieved. I don't have to use this tool anymore. Thank God. Thank God. So you mean someone's not going to come to my house every morning and hold a gun to my head and make me put on this torturous device (laughs) and I don't have to do that and I don't have to shock the fuck out of my dog anymore. Oh my God. Thank you for banning this. Thank you so much. I didn't realize I had a choice. I thought, just like my mortgage, the utility bills, taxes, I thought it was mandatory that I use this tool. But you have relieved me now from that decision, and I will benefit now, and my dog will benefit now, and my dog will all of a sudden lead a happier life now because this has passed. Thank God for me and the other 4,999 and 999,000 dog owners, we praise you and kiss your fucking feet that you have passed this. Thank you so much. It's absurd. Yeah. Don't you just love how they word it? Like they're sitting there giggling. Oh my God, all these dogs will benefit from it now. Now, all of a sudden, they'll magically just listen. 
Then they talk about all the other c- countries that ban them. Big fucking deal. Guess what, guys? Rich crackers are banned in eight countries. Okay? Women can't go to school, can't vote, can't walk out in the streets. Homosexuality is illegal in many places. Don't give me this fucking shit about how e-cows are banned. Many, ca- many, many items are banned. Do you know that almost everything in a Tesla battery, in your iPhone battery and chip, do you know that almost everything that is involved, the eight key components that are involved in manufacturing those things are illegal to be mined in the United States. Pit bulls are banned in Canada. Yep. Right? If we're going to use that excuse of, oh, well, it's banned somewhere else, which makes it wrong, which everybody else does, I bet you all the little pity mamas in the United States (laughs) wouldn't stand behind that one. But it's the same exact argument. Yeah. Literally. Legal to be mined in the United States. And we've got it here to be mined, but it's illegal. Uh, The Scottish government's guidance condemning the use of shock towers in 2018 has been shown to be ineffective. Um, Here we go. There's wide ranging evidence demonstrating that the detrimental effect that these can have on the welfare of dogs. Bull fucking shit. Really? They have a detrimental effect on dogs? Really? I've never seen a detrimental effect on dogs in 20 years. 10,000 dogs. I'm not seeing it. And then people will throw in a study, and I'm like, this is not a study. It's not a true study. There's no true study that shows how ineffective they are. There's none. They don't exist. Show me a true study, a real study, and, and show me some third-party scientists that can analyze that data that said this is an actual study. They'll fucking call it bullshit. Don't, don't forget they said COVID vaccination works. Do not forget that. Oh, boy. Got to toss that one in there. Yeah. <laughs> they lied to your fucking face. <laughs> More money was dumped into COVID research than fucking e-cow research, and they said that was effective. <laughs> now you're going to fucking believe them that, that e-cowers are, are not effective? Bullshit. And then they quote, you know, a 2019 study carried out the University of Lincoln found that electric shock cowers compromised the dog's well-being. How? Even when used by professionally cow trainers... They were also found to be no more effective than training using positive reinforcement methods. I would put $10,000 on and challenge them on that. Prove it to me. Prove it to me. Prove it to me. Let me see the videos. Someone send me the videos. How did you do the study? $10,000. Prove it. Prove it to me. Show it to me. Not the study. The videos. I want to see a skilled e-cower trainer compared to a non-e-cower trainer with a dog that is not this high-drive, well-put-together dog, but is a challenging dog. I want to see the the non-e-cower trainer do just as good of a job. He's got a point. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, you will be found embarrassingly i mean we just see this forever i mean like not to get back into the fucking studies but like 
all these studies, when they talk about like the well-being of the dogs and the welfare of the dogs, they're measuring cortisol levels. I mean, that's virtually all of them is the dogs have elevated levels of cortisol, right? Meaning they're a little bit more stressed out, right? The problem is, right, because we got a video that kind of started going a little haywire on uh, Facebook recently that is of this dog that we worked with, right? And this dog is one of, like, the most anxious dogs I think we ever worked with in the last probably two years. Right. I mean, it was actually it was actually absurd. Right. Yeah. Um, He's this little like beagle mix. He's kind of older and stuff. All right. So unbelievably reactive. So unbelievably anxious. Mm -hmm. Um, Like 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 just 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 I mean, this 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 girl would come in for her lessons and her first like four lessons she did. She would just be she'd just be crying, talking about the dog's issues. Right, talking about how bad her life was with this fucking dog, yeah. right? And I bet you, if you measured that dog's starting cortisol levels, they were through the goddamn roof baseline. Fuck For any sure. training that 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 hasn't even been done yet. This dog baseline was just so fucking stressed out, out of control, mm-hmm. right? And this was a hard dog, man. It was one of Bridget's clients, and um. You know, she she asked me to kind of help her out with it because he was a fucking challenging dog. And he was a challenging dog for me. I mean, like, I had a hard time with this dog wow, initially, okay. right? And the breakthroughs we were able to get with this dog are are actually mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, 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 it's unbelievable, the breakthroughs that we've mm-hmm. had with this dog, right? She couldn't have people come over her house. She couldn't take this dog for a walk because he would panic and just try to dart or try to take off after things. I mean, we if we would take him from inside of our training facility to out in the parking lot, the second we got out in the parking lot, every, like, the digging into the leash so intensely trying to scramble to get away from stuff or get mm. back to the car or whatever because he was just so panicked. Yeah. I, I I can't even like ex- I can't even really explain how bad he was. Right? Yeah. And now she takes him for enjoyable walks all the time. She has guests come over her house. She couldn't do his nails. He 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 would try to attack you over doing doing his nails, right? Just yeah. out of a, a sheer frenzy, right? Um, Bridget did a session a month ago or something like that where she was able to do all his nails, no problem. Let her let her do. I mean, I mean, just yeah. just just. And we posted a video from like one of our like maybe our ninth session or something like that, mm-hmm. where we were at the house and we were working on him holding a bed stay, like in the presence of some things that mm-hmm. like typically would freak him out. Yeah, and it was clearly stressed out on the bed, right? Yeah, yeah. But he was keeping himself under control. People were freaking out. Look at what your training did to that dog. Look at what your training did to that dog. And they just have no. And, and if if that would have been in a study, they would have been like, look at the cortisol levels of this dog. Look how stressed out he is. It's because of the training. But they got no fucking idea how bad it was to start. Yeah. Right? Like like the baseline, where it started and where it ended, mm-hmm. the training decreased the cortisol levels. If yeah. you were to measure them, I'm sure it would have scientifically decreased this dog's cortisol levels. Were yeah. they still high? Yeah. They were. Yeah. But he was so much better because of it. Right? So this is the frustrating thing about these studies, right? And then again, like we talked about in the Zach George video, <clears throat> nobody's measuring the fucking cortisol levels of the owner. Go fucking no. measure the cortisol levels of an owner that has a crazy, out-of-control, unbalanced dog that's ruining their life. Go measure the cortisol levels of that owner that came into our training center in tears in the beginning of the training because of how bad her dog was, and then go measure her fucking cortisol levels now that she has full control over the dog. 
and can do all the things that she couldn't do before. Yeah. Right? 100%. Does that fucking matter? Does it? You tell me. Let's keep watching. Misinformed and wrong. Not just with one dog, but with thousands of dogs. I know how to fucking train a dog without a knee collar. I'm not fucking an idiot. But I choose to use an e collar because of their effectiveness. Because of their effectiveness. Not because I'm lazy. Not because I'm an idiot. Not because I want to be cruel to a dog. But don't tell me you're going to rehab aggression using positive reinforcement. Don't fucking give me that shit. Don't tell me you're going to stop a dog from killing livestock with positive reinforcement. Don't tell me you are a liar. You are an outright blatant liar. The study is false. If there is a study, you are lying. But everybody, I remember when I did a seminar in the UK, probably what, five years ago now? All of the dog trainers that were using e-cowers were afraid to speak up. You were afraid to speak up. You know who you are. You were at my seminar. We sat down. We had a, we had a meeting. And they were all afraid. All of you were afraid. You were all afraid to speak up. And I'm like, are you fucking nuts? Stop being a bunch of fucking pussies and speak up. I actually think I said that. Let's talk about that for a minute. Mm-hmm. That's where you get into the 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 rush from balance trainers right now of curated content, right? Mm. How many balance trainers only show the happy dog? How many balance trainers wouldn't show video of this dog that I was just talking about a couple minutes ago because he was still stressed out? A right? lot of them wouldn't. And what happens is owners get a false perception of what their messed up already dog should look like that mm-hmm. that dog will never look like. And they can't relate to the content. Or when they start the training because the dog doesn't look like that, they think it was a failure. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Because people aren't talking about the real successes with e-collars, which is with those really, really messy situations. 100%. And guess what? Now they're banned. And I told you they were going to be banned. And you were afraid to speak up. You were afraid to show them. Meanwhile, I sat down with Scottish Parliament. Yeah, I sat down with Scottish Parliament. Yeah, they invited me in. Sean and I sat down with Scottish Parliament. As invited guests, we sat down and we told them and we talked to them. We gave them guidance. It's a historic moment for animal welfare and will put an end to the misery and suffering of countless dogs who are still subject to the cruel and unnecessary devices. Really? Okay. 500,000 dogs are subjected to these cruel devices. What do you think? How many more dogs are going to die now? How many? How many dogs are not going to be able to go out of the house anymore? How many more dogs are going to have a limited life? How many families are going to struggle by not allowing guests in their house? How many people? 
and to say that positive reinforcement training is as good, if not better, bull fucking shit. You're a liar. And uh, you know what? I'm sorry. If you're listening to that, that, that actress, that actress from the UK, she's an actress, by the way, not a dog trainer. She's an actress. There was a casting call. Do your research. Look up the lawsuits. Okay, look up the lawsuits, look into her for who her first production company was. It's all documented. It's all there. It's all available. I'm not going to do the work for you. Look it up. About the casting call. Talk to the people that were at the casting call. Talk to the true person that this show was actually designed for, but was was not as skinny as her, so it wouldn't have made as good TV. So they did a casting <laughs> call. Look it up. But now, this is your this is your expert who actually hasn't trained a dog. This looks really good. Well, not to me, but in thigh high leather boots with a big fucking mouth. <laughs> There is a simple. There is simply no excuse for using these devices. Sure, there is, which cause physical and psychological harm. Really, prove it. Prove it to me. Prove to me that they cause physical harm. Let's just break it down. What physical harm does a e collar, shock collar, remote collar cause? Show. I want. I want a vet, a board certified vet, to explain to me what. Physical harm they cause. Explain to me. Prove it to me. Not your opinion. Fact. I want to see factual evidence of physical harm in out of the 500,000 dogs in the UK. How many have been harmed by them? And then I want to know out of the, because it's only 5%. So now you got 95% of dogs in the UK who are not using them, supposedly. I want to know what kind of harm happens to them. How many of those dogs get hit by cars? How many of those dogs are shot by farmers for chasing their livestock? I want to know what physical harm comes, comes to those dogs compared to the physical harm that comes to the 5%. Prove it to me. I'm waiting. Seriously, send it to me. Not an opinion piece, not the one dog you know, but I want to know quantities. If we're going to pass a law, we don't pass a law based on one or two. That's not how we, that's not how it works. Whenever you're making a legal decision, you need to think about the quantity of people. How many families, not just you, not just your neighbor, not just your personal opinions. Again, the safeguard, again, welfare of dogs, welfare of dogs, welfare of dogs. We'll see. We'll see. Guys, I predicted it. I said I predicted it. But no, I'm just some long-haired fucking guy with a big mouth. Maybe you should listen. And maybe you should listen to I'm saying it's going to be banned in the United States. So all you e-cower manufacturers, fucking speak up. But no, because when I talk to you, you know what you say? It's a dog training problem. It's not our problem. So the manufacturers are not taking this on as their problem at all. 
They're staying silent. And it's they're leaving it up to dog trainers and dog owners to fight the fucking battle. But the manufacturers are not putting money behind it. If you are, let me know. I would like to know what Dogtra, eCower Technology, Garmin, Sport Dog, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing to make that is such a massive point, man? I mean, just just as country after country after country bans these, what the hell? Yeah, what do you think is going to happen to your profit margins? Yeah, <laughs> when it's illegal everywhere. Yeah. I mean, right now your your biggest your biggest buyer of it is is, is got to be the United States, obviously. You oh know? yeah. So it's like. If they do get banned in the United States, your livelihood goes away. You're massive yeah. companies. Mm-hmm. You guys are massive companies. And and that is a great point, right? Like so so I think the biggest thing that's missing right now when it comes to like helping us get past some of these things yep. is because they want to they want to keep talking science obviously, right? There needs to be some way and the e-collar manufacturers obviously have the most money out of anybody to do this. They need to start presenting studies backing up their claims. Yeah. They got to figure out a way to put in place a scientific study that is going to show the benefit, the long-term benefit that these tools will provide for people. Yep. That's it, right? Mm-hmm. Because every single one of those those studies um, that uh, obviously the force-free trainers use, one, they're short-term studies, right? They just look at in the moment the actual training, mm-hmm. right? Um, or two, their opinion pieces, right? They surveyed hey, did you have a good experience with your positive reinforcement training? <laughs> yeah. hey, did you have a good experience with your positive reinforcement training? Right? Um, or they're just heavily, heavily biased and they're looking for information to validate a point that they're making. So yeah. we could do the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Let's look for information to validate our point of the long-term benefit that they're having, yeah. right? But you need money in order to do them. Mm-hmm. And e-car manufacturers, you guys are the best people to do that sure these tools are not banned in certain countries because if you cannot go toe-to-toe with some animal group are you fucking serious you guys are multi-million dollar companies if you can't fucking go toe-to-toe if you can't get lobbyists in there if you can't do your um, put money behind real research Really? What the fuck are you doing? You're going to leave this in the hands of us? Of trainers to fight the fucking battle? Of dog owners to fight the battle? Is that how it works? They cause suffering and harm. No, they don't. So... Congratulations, UK. I applaud you. I applaud you. But all you folks, more is coming down the pipe. More is coming down the pipe. Okay? Just like the fucking masking. All right? More is coming down the pipe. You wait and see. Remember. Remember today. Remember I don't even know what fucking month we're in, May. Remember May 1st, 2023, 8.26 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Remember, more is coming down the pipe. All right? This podcast will last. It can be looked up at any time. I'll remember it because it's the first of the month of May, 2023.
I'll remember when I did this show. And we'll be able to refer back to this show. When I was on, when I was, when I had my radio show 13 years ago, I talked about it. 13 years ago. They've been working on it for 10 years. I predicted it. I was talking about it 13 years ago. All right. So there's not a whole lot more to say about it, right? I mean, I think that was a good breakdown of the frustrations that I think many trainers are feeling about things. Mm -hmm. And I really thought that that was a good call to action that at this point right now that this is actively happening and it's continuing to happen. Now is the time to start doing something about it. 100%. You know, and, uh, you know, we could sit and, and, and there's a lot of balanced trainers that are just like picking on each other. You're, you're doing it bad. You're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. Got to kind of band together a little bit here, I think, mm-hmm. and um, and and figure out a way to actually um, try to preserve it if we actually care about it because it, it's, it's actively moving along, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody is getting their e-collar bands revoked, right? <laughs> They're just no. continuing to increase. And mm-hmm. we've been really lucky in the U.S. so far about nothing really coming to fruition, but... Um, it's it's they're trying, right? Florida has had a couple bills proposed in certain cities there. So is California. Uh, I think maybe Texas did also. I don't remember exactly, but but they haven't passed yet. But like he was saying in this one, they've been trying for ten years. They finally got it done. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be training dogs in ten years still. Yeah, I want to make sure that doesn't happen ten years from now. For sure. So that's what's new in dog training right now. Yeah, I think <clears throat> I think that's if it's going to happen, it's going to be like that. One one state, one mm-hmm. once one state falls, <clears throat> you know that's kind of how it goes with everything. Others start to follow suit. So yeah, you know once <laughs> once you once the first domino falls. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a good point though. Like talking about like the, the everybody wants to ban shit when it's the thing that they don't like. You know what I mean? That's that's how it always works, right? Mm-hmm. But like he's saying, like there's a lot of talks of, you know, so far just in the protection sport world, protection sports are unethical and bad for dogs. You shouldn't do them, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Wait till that gets banned. And and once that does, you better believe, well, you're forcing your dog to to run agility all the time. Are they a consenting partner in that? Oh, they shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. That's really bad for them. Gets their heart rate too high. <laughs> they could easily tweak a leg doing that. They could mm-hmm. easily injure themselves doing that. You're making them do it. I remember one time I was a part of this uh, force-free group called Pitbull Zen in Cleveland. Mm-mm. This was like when I was first getting into training dogs, and yeah. uh, I wasn't a trainer yet, but I was like working with a bunch of different trainers. Mm-hmm. And I uh, was this force-free group. I had two pit bulls all the time and I was like yeah I want to be a part of this group they did like pack walks and stuff all the time and I was starting to get into training and uh um I was really excited to share all this stuff I was doing with my dog right Mm -hmm. and they knew that the people that I was training with were balanced trainers right so they already didn't like that Mm -hmm. but pretty much all the work that I did was with food I mean the the balance training we did was was predominantly positive reinforcement right yeah. A lot of motivation, Michael Ellis style stuff. We've talked about that before. And I remember one of the videos that I posted in the group was when I was teaching Vera the hurdles. 
teach her to jump hurdles, right? Mm-hmm. She's loving it, man. It's some sweet videos, her jumping yeah. hurdles and stuff like that, real motivated, real pumped up, right? And I posted it in it. And uh, the bullshit critiques that I got on that video of, wow, that's really high that she's jumping. Did you get approval from your veterinarian before you made her jump that high to see that she was fit to do it? That was something that somebody fucking said in this group. All the way back then. All the way back then. This, that was probably 10 years ago. Yeah. Nine, 10 years ago. Right. Um, bu- just the, the bullshit. Right. I mean, it's, it's just ridiculous. Right. So, so if you're going to say that to me, right, over jumping one hurdle, right, have you seen agility runs? yeah right and agility is a predominantly force-free sport yeah you better believe they would come for that also Mm -hmm. and then it just like jeff was saying it's just like one thing after another Mm -hmm. it's like then we ban this then we ban that then we ban this and we joke sometimes because PETA, right PETA talks about you know their their deep agenda is that is that they don't think people should own dogs they think it's unethical to own a being like that right Oh. That's like that's like PETA's thing. That's everybody and everybody jokes about. It. They're like, "Oh, PETA's a joke. PETA's a joke. PETA's a joke." PETA's a fucking large organization. Yeah, PETA's an organization that has a lot of power behind them. Mm-hmm. PETA's an organization that, if this stuff continues down the pipe, you better believe at some point they would start actively pushing that agenda. Oh yeah, that's how this stuff works. Yeah, I mean they can just start making those anti e collar commercials tomorrow if they wanted to. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All those <laughs> in the arms of the angels. Yeah, I mean, you you are 100% correct. Yeah. 100% correct. So it, it's, I mean, this shit is real. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think the point Jeff is really trying to make is that, guys, this shit is real. Mm-hmm. Right? Let's take it seriously. Yeah. Let's not like, oh, oh, I'm just going to stay in my lane and just train my dogs. Right? We need to actively be ready to push back against that. Mm-hmm. If tomorrow the state of Ohio said we're putting into effect some sort of bill that we want to run by whoever the fuck, right, yeah. to, to ban e-collars, you better be ready to step up and fight that. Yeah. And that's what we, we do on this podcast all the time. Mm-hmm. We try to talk about it a lot, right? We're constantly trying to show people, you know, why these things are so beneficial, mm-hmm. right? Um, and we're trying to to help continue to to kind of disprove some of these false narratives that are being pushed. Yeah, you know, I I think the biggest takeaway from this too for for trainers is what you said. They always just want to give the curated content, but you need to show the nitty gritty too, so people understand. Like, yeah, you go through this, but that's where you came from to now. You yeah. know, and and the benefits that the dog is having is because you had to go through this with the knee collar, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, it, it, it has damaged the, the ballots training view a lot mm-hmm. by just showing the, the happy go lucky parts. Yeah. You gotta be real with people. So it's a heavy one. That's what we got for you guys. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? No, that's just heavy, man. <laughs> it sucks, you know. It just it just really sucks. You know, just thinking, you know, cuz like you said, think about where you would be before and after with an e-collar. That is the biggest takeaway, I think, is for people that use e-collars right now. Mm-hmm. Really honestly think about 
if you were no longer able to use that tool, what your life would look like. Yeah. Just think about it. Yeah. I I think, I was thinking, honestly, before, I didn't even know we were going to talk about this today, but yesterday, I mean, we've been taking uh, Bender on hikes all week. Yeah, I saw that. But it, yesterday, I was just thinking we were back there, you know, off leash, and I was just like, man, this is just so great. Like, this is just so great that... Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about it. And like when we, as soon as we see someone, you know, it's come mm-hmm. and he's, I don't even have to use the e-collar, but I know that I'd have it. And it's just that such peace of mind. Yep. And now he gets to have such a better life. Yeah. So I, 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 I can't imagine my life if I had a dog and I didn't have an e-collar again. I really think the other thing that's just so fucking bullshit, like for, for better choice of words, mm-hmm. is like when they were talking about, <clears throat> you know, 500,000 dogs are going to benefit from this, meaning 500 dogs who's their owner chose to use that training tool with them. Yep. Who the fuck are you to say what my relationship with my dog is? Yeah. That, I oh, could yeah. get, I, like, I could feel myself, like, right now even thinking about that because I look at how unbelievable my relationship is with my dogs. Yeah. Right? Like, I love those dogs so much. Yep. Those dogs definitely love being around me and my wife. Mm-hmm. Those dogs live such a great fucking life. They really do. Yeah. They live such an awesome life, mm-hmm. a beautiful life where they could just be dogs and be well mannered dogs, but just be dogs and go places and experience things. And I've owned some difficult dogs before, and they, they're they still able to do so, right? Mm-hmm. And who the fuck are you to tell me mm-hmm. that my dogs are suffering because of what I'm doing? Yeah. Get the fuck out. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. That's, I mean, that is pretty unbelievable also. Yeah. Pretty fucking unbelievable. I mean, just even that number, like 500,000. <laughs> You know, families, individuals, whatever, that have dogs that, I mean, (laughs) your life is about to be turned upside down in, what, February? Is that when it goes into place? Like, that sucks. And, like, yeah, just think about here. I mean, that's just in the UK. Imagine here in the United States. Like, there's got to be millions of families that are using e-callers. I would say probably quite a few. So, it's like, yeah, you're going to, you're really going to, like fuck that many livelihoods up with their like their the relationship with their animals yeah i don't know i don't know man that's crazy it's frustrating it's mm-hmm. it, it is you know it's it's scary when you think about it you know it's like so so whatever so just i maybe this maybe you know for people who are listening to this that aren't trainers maybe the, maybe i think that non-trainers really need to take this a little bit more seriously also you know what i yeah. mean this is not a trainer fight Right. This no. is in all of if this tool oh, has yeah. impacted you, right, mm-hmm. in a positive way. Um, this is this is this is a fight you need to be prepared for. Also, yep. You know, hundred percent. So that's it. We're gonna end that on that. All right. Peace. Have a good one. Out. <laughs>